Hi everyone, welcome to episode 26 of The Green Room. Uh, I'm here with my colleague Nick and my colleague Harry. Uh, uh, how are you guys? Yeah, week? yeah, good, good. Yeah? Yeah, you're right. Very good. Yeah? Very good, I'm excellent in fact. Good. I'm um, so excellent, there's no football on. Well, no, I've been disappointing. Yeah. Your guys yesterday. Is that because I'm beating you in our fantasy football league? You are beating beat me. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I don't know how to transfer players in and out, so... Fine. You know, it is what it is. I'm not doing so well. Um, right, this week we have uh, we've had some comments on our um, podcast and our video blog, which yes. some people are describing it as, Yes. Um, which is great. So keep those comments coming. And before we start, uh, do you want to just say a little bit about what The Green Room does and who we're trying to target and how you can listen to us? Yes. So the green room is all about bringing those burning energy saving and energy efficiency topics and renewable topics yeah. uh, to, to the living room, to your cars, to wherever you're listening actually. The bar. If you're on holiday as well because mm-hmm. you can find us on podcasts or you can watch us on YouTube as James said. So whenever I really get stuck about where I can find us, although I do listen to all I the love the way you watch us back. That I makes me happy. Back, yeah. Uh, it's the highlight at the end of the week, you know. Yeah, it's, I can it's, it's how I, Friday night. It's how I rewind, rewind you know, how I unwind, rewind, rewind by watching, but unwind mm. in, in front of the. Very family. clever. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just I go on top of the Green Age website uh, next to the energy saving guides. There's a link to the podcast, mm-hmm. and then I scroll down, and then uh, that gives me a range of options of where I can download the podcast. Uh, one of them being Podbean. Uh, mm. The other being Tune In Radio, the other one being Apple and Spotify. And Stitcher. Then, Stitcher's uh, number five. And then obviously you can also watch us on YouTube. And I've, I found out this week that there are lots of other ways you can subscribe to our podcast um, via different mediums. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to bore you with a further list. And if, you, you're on, if you've got the, <clears> I think, uh, the YouTube premium, you can download the video and watch it anytime. And also I think you can download it as, a, as an audio file. So do okay. So we bored everyone now. How you can listen to us yes. or watch us? What are we talking about this week? So it, it's about um, what is the cheapest way to, to heat your home. So we we wrote um, a blog probably two years ago, two and a half it's years going ago, more than that, and it was really popular. Five years? No, it wasn't five years. It wasn't five. Years. Anyway, it was a while shocked, ago. Anyway. It was a while ago. Time flies. You yeah. have fun. Yes. You know, in your company, for example. Oh, absolutely. Um. So, uh, but anyway, we wrote this blog, and it was really popular. And we got actually thousands of people reading it every day, which was awesome. But we haven't really touched on it since. So, what we thought we'd do is just do it in via this different format. Mm-hmm. Um. So we were just going to have a discussion around. Yeah. It. I mean, did you want to answer um sort of questions that we get on YouTube? Do we sort of leave that to the end, or do we? Let's, or do we build it into the discussion? We could, if someone has what the question is. Well, it was it was, it was some doubts by a gentleman who left us uh, comments on episode twenty five about the efficiencies of condensing boilers. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, let's see if we touch on that. We probably will. Yeah. Go on, go through that. So, if I were to give you a big pot of money, mm-hmm. and you had to put a new heating system in your home that was going to be uber efficient, what would you do, and why? Controversy done. Go. Gas. Right. Central heating. Okay. Why? Well, so 
de it's dependent on the, the stipulation that I'm already connected to the gas grid, so I've got yeah. no. So you haven't told me whether I need to connect to the gas. No, grid you, or not. you're connect. You're. I mean, this is all hypothetical. So yeah. you are connected to the gas grid. And have I got the radiator infrastructure? In uh, yeah, well, I can give you radiators because otherwise it's going to be tricky. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Fine. So yeah. So then it's just about whether that boiler that's in in that uh, house, whether that's um, efficient. If not, I might want to swap it. So that kind of touches on what we discussed last week. But the, the main driver of why I've said that decision is, is mainly because what the price of gas is in relation to electricity. So at the minute, um, gas is about a third of the price of electricity. Okay, so how much, if I'm looking at my energy bill, hmm. what kind of numbers am I looking for, for gas and electricity? So you are uh, typically, so let's say, what's, what's an average, like three, three bedroom semi-detached mm -hmm. house, you're talking 1350, 1400 quid a year? Total. Okay, so it's just over 100 pounds a month. Harry, is that sort of current figures? And then out of that, now depending upon how you obviously use a property uh, in terms of your heating and, mm -hmm. and hot water and lighting demand, um, anywhere between two thirds to three quarters is driven by um, space heating. So yeah. that's, that's termed, i.e. The, the six or seven months or eight months in the year when you use the, the gas system. Or and it's about system. now, right? It's about, so we're October the first yeah and it's about now everyone's like right boom fire up the heating yeah and then it runs to end of march april yeah, depending upon when, when the season is um and and then yeah obviously yeah, the rest of it is hot water demand and then you know you'll have some stuff for gadgets and, and for for lighting and stuff like that but typically yeah so say two-thirds to three-quarters on your gas bill and then the rest on electricity okay okay fine so and the and the reason you have said gas is because it's cheaper. So, so it's cheaper, but then and then all the other little bits and pieces so convenient. So I, you know, it's 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 this power source that I don't have to top up or feed on. A okay, so so I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm connected, you know. Fine. So so I so yes, the the initial install cost. If you didn't have anything, but you had connection to a gas grid, so you could connect a boiler and plumber boiler in, you're looking at spending. On an average house, probably four or five thousand pounds if you've got to put radiators in and the whole lot, right? And there's a lot of upheaval because you've got to pull floorboards up potentially, you've got to run pipework everywhere. If you're up in, you know, if you need to put the boiler up a few floors up, mm. you've got to get a flue and you've got to sort of, you know, get scaffolding the other side to make good the hole that you're putting in the wall where the flue sticks out. So there are some real costs associated with it. Mm. If you were, um, so I'm, I'm going to do a few scenarios here, because I would say, actually, electric heating, and there are loads of types, so I'm going to go through a few of them, but electric heating is actually, when you said it was very easy, gas heating, gas central heating, you know, because it runs off your radiator. And but that was on the assumption, you know, that, that the, you, know, you gave me some radiators and a connection. Yes, the gas grid. but, but if, if I've got nothing, actually, electric heating is really convenient. Well, you can just buy it and plug it in. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I buy it and plug it in. I spend a premium on running that heater, uh -huh. but actually for convenience-wise and for install cost initially, um, it's probably the cheapest way to go, I'd say. The, the issue is I can go and buy an electric heater from, um, you know, B&Q, our old favourites for about £20, right? And I plug it in and it makes hot air, essentially. Yes. Um, it heats the room. They're really expensive to run, yeah. as you were saying, because the cost of electricity is so much more. Mm -hmm. But if you delve down, and we'll do it with gas central or gas heating systems as well, but if you delve down into electric electrical heating systems, mm -hmm. there are loads of different types. 
right? So I'm so the most basic form is this kind of B and Q electric heater, but then we could start going on and start talking about storage heaters, heat pumps, and that sort of thing. And suddenly, actually, maybe the running costs aren't as different. So. As your gas, but the complexities start to go up. Yeah. So Absolutely. Say, so say, sorry. So you've got your plug-in heaters. Then um, the next level kind of complexity in terms of install, you might want to get um, electric panel heaters, so normal fan heaters, but wired in, you know, to the mm -hmm. sockets and properly fitted. Well, you still need to then call the electrician out. They still need to run necessary cables, you know, to make sure that you know when they are running it onto the circuit, they can the circuit can take the load. And, and you've got those issues with storage heaters and infrared, for instance. Yeah. So you're still going to have installation costs. But I absolutely granted, you're not going to have the, the, the upheaval necessarily in terms of putting pipes pipes around and, and radiators. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the key thing. So, so that installation cost up front, it, even if it's minimal, it will be, you know, up to a quarter, say, of what it is for, for, the, for, for gas. gas. But I think the, the other thing worth saying is, so we, um, we work closely with London EPC. Right, and this company goes and does energy saving um, and uh, produces energy performance certificates. Um, so basically, they, um, they we were speaking about the other day in the office, they had a case where they went and did an energy survey for a company and it came back, um, that the rating was essentially bloody awful, yeah. right? And it was because there was no heating in this brand new flat because they hadn't put the heating system in. They then went back and revisited the property and the electric heaters had been installed, and they were just plug-in electric heaters. And they really didn't improve the energy performance certificate rating at all. right? So, so people, I think, have to start taking into account that. So they've paid X amount for these slightly snazzy electric heaters um, that are based on thermostats and stuff, but it didn't really improve the energy rating. Because the way SAP is designed, it's not just a function of um, the uh, efficiency of how the the heating source runs it's to do also with energy prices so mm -hmm. it's factored in that you know in relation to other fuels how much does it cost to run on electricity okay but but so that being said so if if we're going to go with electric heating mm -hmm. it's probably worth and, and looking this, and this is why going on to ABC, this is why when you recommend storage heaters the storage heaters gives you the highest value for an electric heater oh, apart from the heat pumps but only if that is listed on the EPC approved list of heaters. Correct. It has to be a high heat re uh, retention storage heater. Yes. Um, that's on a specific list, which we will put a link to because it's really hard to find. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, basically, it is. It's really hard to find this list. And it's it's all the heaters. So the, the deck at the time produced this list of heaters that basically, if you were on that list, your heater was thought to be really energy efficient. And mainly, you know, with electric heating, one unit of electricity makes one unit of useful heat. Yeah. So what they're saying is that's all good and well, but if you can control the heat output via a thermostat or via a programmer, i.e. it starts to begin to make the electric heating a bit more intelligent, then it's more efficient. All new storage heaters since January twenty eighteen have thermostats. Yes. And but this this is the thing, but not all of those storage heaters that do have the thermostats are on this list. So you're picking generic electric storage heater with the thermostats doesn't necessarily improve the um, EPC rating as much as one from this list. So we yeah, we need to share that list. So you can go and have a look online and you can find that on the website. And the key thing about this high heating, high heating retention storage heaters is, is <clears throat> what I said about the price of um, 
electricity because that's what they use. So when you're on an economy set seven or nine or ten tariff, in the off-peak hours when you utilize a cheaper cheaper rate, mm-hmm. the the point of these uh, high high retention storage heaters is that they can store all that cheap energy mm-hmm. that you the inside and then release it the times when it's more expensive. So therefore, it's um, it's utilizing this. Um, it, certainly in the EPC software, yeah, that, that's why it gives it the credit. But but also in real life, right? So so at the moment we have got gas and a unit of gas central heater. Unit of gas is like three and a half p, a bit less. A bit less. Um, but uh, that's that's why people send, tend to think gas central heating is the way forward, which is why you said it. But then we move to electric. Electric is expensive. It's about fourteen p, ish. But then you need to include the standing charges that are. Spent over it, but yes. So we're looking around the sort of fourteen p mark ish, give or take, and so hence people suddenly think straight away gas is better. But I now this is the one I wanted to throw at you. Mm. So if I have electric heaters, so I say there's five rooms in my house, right? Kitchen, sitting room, two bedrooms, whatever those rooms are. With electric heating, if I'm not in those rooms, it's incredibly easy to isolate my heating requirements. Mm-hmm. So I can just put the heating on in one room. Whereas with a um, radiator system, yes, you can start putting controls on each radiator, but the boiler still has to fire up if I want hot water to travel through the radiators. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So there is, there's that level of efficiency, efficiency gains yeah. that I make with electric heating, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so this is where, and, and probably alluding to comments we've had, this is, this is so um, when people slate gas central heating systems they they don't quite they don't how do I say they don't um uh contextualize what they what they that's what they mean what you've just said there so the fact that it's it's firing the heating you know all around the house and stuff then mm-hmm. obviously there's going to be efficiency losses there but the the unit itself the combustion process of the boiler itself is very efficient yeah it is yeah and, and especially and that, now and with condensing that, boilers and that's a, that's a difference yeah but actually you know how efficient has your whole heating system run mm-hmm once, once it goes from a boiler, that's that's a really tricky thing because it's dependent on fabric. It's dependent on yes how clean your system is. You know, yeah. um, TRVs or you know how big the, the property is as well. Yeah, hundred percent. But but on paper then, so gas is cheaper than electric. But then we started. So you bought in storage heaters. Now yeah. storage heaters are running on economy seven, right? So it takes utilizes cheaper electricity at night, mm-hmm. and therefore to heat your house. So therefore. Store, if you're running your house officially with new storage heaters, it is more efficient and cheaper, I guess, than running it with just panel electric heaters. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then, so we're, we're starting to get a bit of a list here. So then, what other types of electric heating are we going to talk about? Infrared. Infrared, go on. We know quite a bit about. Go on, explain to me how infrared So, um, infrared is basically, so rather than heat the air... In the room, which is what my radiators do, so which I is what convection, panel heat convection does. current. So, so I um, and scientifically, this, this you're going to correct me, but I always think of warm air travels into cold space, so mm-hmm. you get convection currents like that. So, you, so from your heating source, it's traveling by convection currents to the cold parts of the room, and then it, the air circulates, and that's how the volume of the room gets warm because the air of the room gets yeah, warm. Yeah, it gets warm. Yeah. Whereas the infrared, um, it's a direct. Um, emitting heating source. So basically, when you turn the the heating source on, it travels via infrared rays. So it has to find physical objects that yeah. it, that it can absorb that light and energy into. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know the surface of the skin, 
the the furnishing, the the walls, they they get warm, but the kind of intermediate volume of the room doesn't. And the the best example for people to conceptualize in is basically when it's freezing cold in the middle of winter, right? It's you know two three degrees, but it's a beautifully sunny day. Yes. If you walk out and the sun is hitting your face, you don't feel cold, right? You feel the warmth of the sun, and that is infrared. Yeah. The, the other one is as well. So the redness of your uh, log fire. Yes. That's which is one of the old days. Have you ever seen those? They're almost like these with the speakers here. They're kind of plates that stops the direct heat. Have you ever seen those? It's like a grate, yeah. So it's front. like a, it's a genuinely. I mean, it looks, it's kind of the same function as this. It stops the direct infrared hitting your face. Yeah, maybe before your time. It was definitely before my time. This is when <laughs> open fires were a big thing. Anywho, um, so that's infrared heating, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, just to kind of go into so in, install cost wise. So if you want them to be um, wired into the circuits and stuff like that, so you're looking probably in, installation cost wise the same as storage heaters. Now, in, so yes, you are. So storage heaters, we're looking at for a new storage heater unit, one that is on this approved list. You're looking at about seven hundred quid per heater, right? With you can definitely buy cheaper ones than that but they may not have the same impact on your EPC rating if that is what you're interested in. Yeah, so the minimum energy efficiency standards, mm -hmm. um, which is where you're trying to rent out properties and you have to get them to a certain level, just bear that in mind. But they are, for, they are how do you say, ergonomically ideal for, say, rooms, and they are because you can get them like with your favourite painting or picture. This is the infrared heaters we're talking yes. about now. Yeah. They are aesthetically the best. We've got that nice mirror one in our office. Yeah. No, they're, they're really clever. Up, yeah, there's a shaving mirror as well, and that's, that's a nice... In the office. <laughs> um, no, they're, they're, I think, listen, I think they're really clever. I think the... But the, uh, the issue with them is no infrared heater, as far as I know, is on that list of energy, energy efficient... No, sort of yet. the list of better heaters. No, exactly. So what it means is you might spend... You know, that mirror one, if we had to pay for it, it might cost a £1,000. Yeah? But actually it's not going to improve your efficiency rating. It's the same, essentially, as a plug-in electric heater that I go and buy from B&Q for 30. But the idea being, though, is it can run on less heat output. Yes. So, so therefore, it doesn't effectively, after, say, when the room reaches thermal mass, it doesn't need to run on as much power to give you that yeah. useful heat. And the reason is, is because normally, you know, in this, we're in a room now with hot air heating, which is convection, convection heating, which is kind of standard... I've got to heat every area of the room to feel warm. So I walk in and the air's warm and I feel warm. If there's a cold draft that takes that warm air out, it suddenly feels cooler. Right? With the infrared, the infrared comes from the panel or from the emitter, whatever it is, hits me, I absorb it and feel warm. Um, so they go on. Harry, you've got something here. Um, we had a, uh, a blog up, well, we put it up last year sometime, and it was all about um, cheapest electric heaters to run. And one of the things that kept getting said on, on the comment section was this is completely useless, this blog, because you haven't compared the same wattage of each heater. And that's because we weren't, because the, if we were measuring the same wattage of each heater, it would be exactly the same cost. It's, yes. It's the warmth that you need. That's, so that's, a that's the issue. wattage of, of yes. infrared and a higher one of storage heater. And that's why... And that's the big selling point of infrared. So if you go and speak to an infrared manufacturer, and it, I mean, it's true because we've, we've had them in the office and they work very well. The wattage required per square meter or per cubic meter is lower than a comparative convection electric heater. Mm -hmm. 
right? So that's why, in theory, I can use a lower wattage heater, so it's cheaper to it's run. It's important to say that these infrared heaters are not like the uh, ones you see at train stations where they glow, so these are far infrared heaters. They're far, whereas the orange ones are near infrared. Yeah. Um, and, and we've actually, we've got one of those in the front of our warehouse. Yeah, that's and a medium infrared. Yeah, but it's, but it's nice, right? Because yeah. it glows, and if you stand in front of it, you feel real warmth. If people want to find out more about electric heating, then we've covered it in a bit more detail in episode four. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so we've we've gone through gas central heating, and we've gone through your panel heaters, your storage heaters, and your infrared heaters. So now, um, where where do, where do you want to go? What so, other so forms just, of heating? Just, just to then on, on those first two. So let's let's just just quickly run through the the costs. So um, an an annual so at twelve thousand kilowatt hours a year. So I would say that's probably a one to two bedroom flat. Yeah, yeah. It's going to cost you five hundred and forty-two pounds a year to run your gas That's entry. Very meetings. exact figure. It's based on off-gen figures from twenty seventeen, so it's slightly out of date. But okay. Miles off. And then uh, for an electric central heating system. Yeah. Um, so it's going to cost you seven hundred and seventy-six pounds a year. Um, but that's but that's based on a panel heater. In theory, an infrared would be lower than that. Yeah, I mean, this is these are assumptions we have to make because mm-hmm. the infrared you'd feel more warmth for less wattage essentially. Yeah, yeah um, that bill would be a lot, a lot lower if you had storage heaters and you were using them correctly, which not everybody. Not everyone does with storage <laughs> heaters. Storage heaters, the key is you're using the cheap elect- uh, cheaper electricity at night to charge the storage heater, and then that's released during the day. The issue with storage heaters is that if you have high um, electricity consumption on stuff that isn't for heating so you've got tvs and radios and you have a big fish tank or you know all this kind of stuff you're using a lot of electricity in the house the electricity during the day is more expensive yeah so if i'm paying sort of 14p for a unit of electricity on a standard tariff mm. on my on my on the uh, economy seven tariff while it's cheaper at night it's now much more than 14p during the day so it might be 19 20p so you've got to have a look at that and weigh it up and think about your electricity usage. Um, and we have a lot of people that call us and say, right, I've got old storage heaters. And old storage heaters are typically not very good because they leak this stored heat. Um, what should I do? And if they don't have lots of money, you know, we wouldn't suggest install gas central heating in that oh, circumstance because no, no, no. it's going to be hugely disruptive yeah. and expensive. And very often those electric-only houses are there, electric-only for specific reasons. And that reason could be because, you know, obviously the gas network has probably not come to that. Or it's a flat on the the 11th floor of a block or whatever, you know. So so then it's, do you put new storage heaters in or do you go to infrared? If you go, or other panel heaters, if you're going to a standard other electric heater that is not storage heater, you need to change your electricity tariff from economy seven to a single tariff. Yeah, worth noting. Okay, so then we're now going to go, so we're still on electric heating. So the other one to talk about is uh, heat pumps. So mm-hmm. you mentioned it. So did you want, just, I just want to run costs on LPG and oil. So, so We haven't you, done those yet. Uh, we haven't even talked about them yet. We well, were finish I was electric. just thinking about the bad kind of, you know, the combusting fuels. Okay. And then we'll go on to the heat pumps. Do, we, do you want to talk about the irony of electric heating being produced from gas anyway in the gas power stations? No, true. Yes, so, 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 so just really quick. So LPG central heating, so similar to your gas, but unlike the gas coming from a network, 
mm-hmm. you've got to uh, buy it in yourself and then store it in 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 tanks essentially and then feed your your boiler. Yeah. Very very um, common in, in rural areas. Yeah. So uh, and cost wise comparison on, on the same twelve thousand kilowatt hours, um, you're, you're you're looking effectively costs at about twenty five to thirty percent more than central central heating. Then on oil. Again, combusting fuel because obviously the price of oil goes up and down at the minute. But as it as it does with gas, as, as with and gas. it does with electricity, which is based on normally in our country in the UK, it's based on gas anyway. LPG LPG prices were falling for a few years, but they um, went up again last year. And they will probably go up this year because yeah. there's all sorts of fun and games going on in the Middle East at the moment. Um, so, so, so oil at the minute, you're looking at kind of comparable price pricing to run to your gas central heating, but that might not be the case, you know, because I think oil is more is more real time responsive than than gas. Gas, so yeah. gas sort of yeah, changes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's just the way they they do the kind of energy contracts, whether that, whereas gas is kind of more traded real time. I've, I've no idea, but at the minute they're kind of comparable, but both bad for the environment. Yes. They are, absolutely. And I think the other thing with oil central heating, because we, so when I, we, when my first where I lived when I was younger, sorry, that was rubbish speaking, but when I, when my first house when I lived, we had um, a big uh, central heating uh, run on oil, right? <clears throat> and I remember on Christmas Day, we ran out of oil. Oh, no. And my mum lost her shit, basically. Yeah. It, was, it was the funniest thing ever. But, it's obviously your dad's fault. Uh, obviously, yeah. but it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oil boy, the one as big as you. It was so <laughs> funny, uh, but it's you know that is one of the real issues with it. And you were talking about you know sort of biomass and bits and pieces earlier, where you have to make sure that there, there is sufficient fuel. With gas central heating, with electric central heating, you can kind of just forget they're there mm. because there's there should you know unless something really bad happens, there should always be gas coming out of your gas meter yes and there should be electric coming out of your electric meter uh, electricity sorry coming out of electric meter whereas oil if you do forget like my family you then don't have any heating mm-hmm. you know and it's the same with the lpg if you run out of your gas you know then then you're stuck so you got to think about those things um so there is i'd say there's a, a sort of associated cost of just inconvenience yes yes so Moving the conversation on a little bit, so um, going on to and and you know I was a little bit kind of facetious by saying you know what you said what what do you want I said gas, but it's not my ideal ideal okay. heating source that I'd have well, if 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 certain criteria were met out there mm-hmm. then I, I I would I would change my mind so so I'm not like a gas guzzler or anything like that it's just it's convenience and it's efficiency and it's cost which I think kind of the majority of the public's at. But if, if I could kind of start from the beginning, if I, for instance, um, say the current energy mix, say mm-hmm. if it was a bit more weighted towards battery storage, we had a bit more renewables in the network, mm-hmm. uh, we had a bit more low carbon energy um, generating resources for electricity. Um, if I could rebuild my heating system from scratch, I would go for an air source heat pump or a ground source heat pump, depending, depending, depending where I'm at. And, because, and and the reason for that is is one because you know the environment is is close to my heart, um, and it's, and secondly is is the practicality of not having a you know a, a, a combusting you know product in your. Do house. you want to explain how they work very briefly? 
Uh, I think you're 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 the king at uh, basically heat pumps. Okay, fine. I, I, the reason I put you, you on the spot your, there was because I don't know. Can you talk about your uh, sister's house? So heat pumps run on electricity, um, and an air source heat pump is taking latent heat from the air. The ground source heat pump is taking heat from the ground, um, and a water source heat pump is taking heat from water source. But basically, it's just minute differences uh, that they're taking advantage of. And you basically compress this using a compressor and it drives the temperature up dramatically. The The issue is that the, the resulting hot water is nowhere near as hot as, say, if you were to run a boiler. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, if, if I run a boiler, water comes out at 65, 75 degrees, something like that. If I'm running a heat pump, the higher I want to push the temperature, the more electricity I need to work the compressor, yeah. which takes the efficiency down, and that's and and that just answers, I and mean, that kind of closes the loop of what I was about to say. So the reason it doesn't work for me at the minute is because I could have an air source heat pump or a gas source heat pump, and I could, and I could take my electricity from the nearest coal-fired power station. Mm. So whilst you know it would all be great, you know I've got a low carbon generating heat source. I'm actually using the electricity to top up that compressor from a yes. Exactly, yeah. but but I think that's why this is why I think it's really interesting about com- current government policy. They're really trying to push towards no gas central heating systems being installed in new builds, and they're being they're pushing this kind of electricity model. Number one, the electricity comes from most gas power plants anyway. There's obviously this big nuclear plant being built, and we do have about twenty. I'm quite kidding. You hear someone say they wanted to cancel it the other day. Did they? It, they were calling it for it to be cancelled, despite you know half of it being. I can't remember who it was, but it was a. Uh, it's been of... delayed and the budget's gone up. But yes. I mean, that's like every infrastructure project that's ever happened in the UK, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, so, but with the heat pumps, you know, they're, they're expensive to install, right? So that's yeah. one thing. So a heat pump, uh, air source heat pump, you're looking about 10K. A ground source heat pump, you're looking about 20K, mm-hmm. right? The benefit is if you can afford that initial um, cost. There is a government subsidy or a government payment called the Renewable Heat Incentive, which pays you for the electricity you're producing, or you're, sorry, the heat you're producing from your heat pump, which will cover the cost over about seven years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this is one of the fundamental issues of government policy, that you are rewarding people who can afford this kind of low-carbon yeah. tech, potentially, when that's not really helping the kind of people that are in fuel poverty and need the help. Mm-hmm. But that's just another issue of government policy. So I mean, gonna... unless unless you're how do you say unless you're um, building affordable homes for kind of low and medium earners, and then and those homes are built on you know um, they use say ground source heat pump or air source and heat a, pump a community ground source heat pump. Yes, and then it's yeah. and then you know everyone sort of wins, but very rarely that's the case for for most people. I'd say. In terms yeah. of running costs. So it is. So the good thing about heat pumps, what I was saying earlier, when you if the compressor runs harder, yeah, then well, what's it, the other stipulation about fabric? That's because that's well, it needs to. So number one, if it runs harder, you use more electricity, so the efficiency of the heat pump goes down, right? So an air source heat pump, if you're trying to pull heat from twenty five degree air, i.e. in the middle of the summer, it's no problem at all. Your heat pump runs really efficiently. If it drops down to five degrees and I've got an air source heat pump, so I'm t- taking heat from the air, it has to work much harder to bring that temperature up, the hot water up to sort of 55 degrees. And so, number one, you need bigger radiators. You need better ways to get the, the kind of cooler temperatures to heat your house. 
And number two, there's no point installing a heat pump if you've got a badly insulated house, oh, yeah. which I bet you're about to allude to, I think. Yeah. So either cavity wall, you know, if it's a new house, then the cavities should be pretty well insulated. There should be minimal heat loss, loft insulation. If you've got a solid wall, before you consider a heat pump, you really have to put external wall insulation mm-hmm. on it, right? So we're talking about bringing the the U-values of the walls, i.e. the efficiency of the walls, right, right down to kind of current standards. So that's a massive consideration. Um, the benefit of the ground source heat pump, despite being twice the cost of an air source heat pump to install, is that, number one, the payments are bigger from the government. So they will still cover the cost over the seven years. Yeah. But number two, the ground temperature, about a metre down, and, you know, you can dig boreholes for these heat pumps 120 metres down, is relatively consistent all year round. So your efficiency doesn't change nearly as much with the seasons compared to the air source heat pump. So air source heat pump, cost of running, basically they are considered about 350% efficient, i.e. one unit of electricity, it will produce three and a half units of useful heat. Now this varies. So in the summer, it might be five and a half. Yeah, one unit of electricity, five and a half units, units of useful heat. In the winter, it might be two units of useful heat. That's the problem. What they do is they average this out, but I'm looking at turning my heating on in the winter, right? And so it obviously skews that number. So an air source on average is about two and a half, isn't it? It is, but when I need the heating, mm. it's it's much lower, right? It so it's, it's three and a half, but when you need the heating, it's kind of more like two and a half, two, yeah. two and a half. But it's, um, what I'd say though is, I don't think air source is too bad in, in the UK climate. So most of the country, because we don't get really, you know, that, that cold. No, no, we don't get that cold. Iceland, yeah, I mean, for various reasons, they'll probably go geothermal or ground source heat pump there. But, but the, with the air source heat pump, so if we're looking at, so, say we go three and a half, or two, what should we do? So three? Coefficient formers of three? So one unit, one unit of electricity equals three units of useful heat. Your basically means that your 14p you divided by three, and that basically gives approximately four and two thirds, 4.7-ish p, which then suddenly becomes not a million miles from gas. Then we look at um, ground source heat pumps, and that efficiency is about four and a half. And so this is the game changer, yeah. right? So one unit of electricity, which costs 14p, produces one unit of, uh, sorry, four and a half units of useful heat. And so if I take 14p and divide it by four and a half, I get something like three point something. Which is? Which is comparable with gas. Or, or slightly cheaper. But also important to say, so, so very of, often also what you'd find is in um, where you put in the heat pumps, because you said about external wall insulation and excellent, you, there's more due diligence towards the fabric. Yes. So the fabric is also... So, so the so the, the the property that's have that has the air source ground source and a comparable property that say has got a gas boiler. The one with the air source would probably have a lot. Probably does not. Yeah, no, no, I think that's fair. Have a lower heat demand just because they've taken you know all, they've done all that effort. To, you've to you've had to consider it. what you need to do before you install the heat pump. Yeah, so yeah. so if you're saying then the cost is comparable now, mm-hmm. you know, to to run it versus gas, also I'm using less of it. Yeah, so we're beginning to look at savings. Yes. Right. So that's so that's a really important point. Actually, that's very good. The um, so then so the heat pumps again. It's all about this upfront cost of being able to afford to install them, and they are seriously expensive. Yeah. Unless you're doing new build, or you're unless, doing unless you're doing new build, and you're and but but I think that's the way the government want to do them. That's the way the government yeah. want to go. 
Um, so we'll see a lot more of those in the future. And obviously, as more get installed, the efficiency improves just because the technology improves. Uh, and so they'll become bigger and bigger, sort of more common in houses, I guess. So that's heat pumps. Are you happy with that? Mm-hmm. Did that kind of make sense for everyone? Um, so then uh, last two then. We're going to go biomass. Yeah. So biomass is very much like um, it's like an oil central heating system, to be honest. Instead of oil, you're using little pellets normally. You can use kind of logs or whatever if you have those on site. Some uh, biomass boilers will use will work with them. Others won't. They'll just purely run on pellets. The issue is if you run out of pellets, you have no heating. They require a bit of maintenance because you've got to get rid of all the ash and all of that sort of stuff. Um, however, you can still get the RHI on a biomass boiler. You know, and, so you get paid for installing it's, um, it's, it's what the government termed as carbon neutral. Neutral. So um, it's only burning, or, or it's only burning the. <laughs> I always get confused. It's you're, you're, um, basically the idea is you, you're replacing the recycled trees that you're. Burning. So so when you burn the tree, so the tree grows, and it uses carbon dioxide to, to grow. Burn, yeah, yeah, because it photosynthesizes, so it uses that carbon, so it locks it in, and then you burn it and it releases that carbon back in. But if you look at the overall cycle, the growth and then the burning, net zero. Yeah, so it's locking in the carbon as it grows. You burn it, and it releases it back out. Is it net zero though? Because of the transportation. Because yeah. of transportation. So loads of our pellets come from Canada, yeah. which is bizarre because we've got to ship yeah. them over. But I guess if we're shipping whiskey over to Canada, then you know, you know, we need to fill. Got to bring the boat back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> backfill it with. Yeah. Those. So I'm just saying, you know, it is theoretically carbon neutral, but actually, you know, it doesn't occur to a lot of people. So it's best if it's if it if if the pellets are locally sourced, you know, ideally, right? So you want. And also, you have to make the pellets. Yeah. Like trees don't grow into pellets. Yeah. So there's. So if that is, but presumably it's a it's a it's a byproduct, isn't it, of of the timber industry? There's going to be something else. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah, but you sort of make pellets. You got to, you know, they've got to be a little bits of wood, right? I'm just trying to be on both camps. (laughs) Someone's going to you know go well, you know, you know, it's no, I think. biomass that will take any kind of literally any old crap stuff yes no agreed agreed and they are and they tend to i think you said in the last episode they work really well Mm. you know for farmers and stuff who have that at hand and i think yeah it's ideal so where you've got some sort of activity in a rural setting whether it's a farm or some sort of production you've got locally sourced Mm -hmm. pellets that are a byproduct of something else so otherwise they would have been burnt and you know into the atmosphere at least here they're, they're being used you know for something else okay so, so, is that, so that's is that the positive spin of it yeah right last one and this is this is more of a warning right so immersion heaters and why is it a warning the warning is uh m- m- well if, if you've got a um, hot water so if, if you've got a combi um, combination boiler then don't worry about it but if you've got a hot water tank uh, very often uh, it has a, an immersion switch with it so now the immersion switch doesn't run from your main heating system it uses electricity mm-hmm. so it's like a giant kettle so, so you've got basically a, um, a coil within that uh, tank if you turn on the immersion heater it will heat that coil up as you said like your, like your kettle and it will keep that uh, hot water store now if you keep that switch on and you never turn it off we get lots of questions about Harry you, you get complaints all the time even the summer's like, why? You know, I'm not using my uh, heating, but why is my uh, energy bill? Why is my energy bill so high in the summer? I'm not using lighting, and, blah, blah, blah. and you go, oh, but you, you know, check the immersion switch. 
What's an immersion switch? What is that thing that it's either in your um, in your cupboard, yeah. or your um, uh, hot tank is, or it's just you know immediately to the outside of it. So so turn it off and and you know. And um, and the issue the issue with it is is everyone has been you know had a shower or a bath or whatever, and the hot water has run out, and immediately go to your parents, you shout, and they're like, oh, we'll just go and turn the immersion on. So you go and turn the immersion on, and, and then forgets, everyone yeah. forgets. Mm. And then you see an energy bill, you know, three months later, and it's enormous. You're like, where has that come from? And they, you know, teaching your children where the immersion switch is is a dangerous, <laughs> dangerous life lesson. Um, because we've seen it. You know, we genuinely we have seen it happen where the bills are really big. The other place where um, um, the immersion heaters are quite common is where you have electric heating. Yeah, so storage heat, heaters. Yeah. Um, and you have this hot water tank and you have to produce hot water you can't produce from your storage heater. And so the immersion is running, but they tend to have two two immersion units on the hot water tank. One is running on the cheap electricity at night, and one is running on the more expensive electricity. So if you're running it on that, you only want to run it on the cheap electricity. There will still be two switches. Yeah. So just to, do you want to do a really quick recap? Do you want me to fly through it? Yeah. What's two the seconds. Way to heat at home? Gas. If you've got a central heating system and you need to replace it, gas central heating is the best. It would be very unlikely to go from gas to electric. Um, electric heating is great because it's convenient. You can only heat, you know, you can decide to heat only one room at a time. Electric heating can be very efficient if you're looking at heat pumps, ground source heat pumps in particular. Or if you've got some kind of microgeneration like solar panels. We haven't even considered that. Yeah, fair point. Um, so if you're producing your own electricity or there's electricity storage, then obviously electric heating is really sensible. Um, but you know, basically, the to that is is that. There's the problem with um, um, the latent heat in, in, in the colder months. It's the same with the lack of sunlight in the winter for solar PV. So when you need that energy to supply your electric heating source, there's not a lot of it in the UK. Because no, I don't think you would, you would do it only with, with solar, but you could definitely get... A, it would help. It would help. Yeah, it would help. But I think the it really, really depends on your situation. So what's the cheapest way to heat my house? Is is I, I think it's up for debate basically mm-hmm. um and it really depends on your situation we're definitely going to get comments saying that's absolute nonsense you're talking about and i do this that and the other perfect comment away we'll try and come back to them if we can well, it's just it's, this is just to give a bit of so a if view. you're defending gas i find that you get a lot of electric electric heating champions yeah the, the, the comment because they just love electric heating they love the efficiency and, and, and you'll get yeah i mean we we have we've really I'm not come under fire, but we've electric heating can be efficient. It can be, you know, it's pretty bog standard. Um, and we've had some electric heating manufacturers come after us. <laughs> I'm not going to name them, um, but they, you know, they've really gone for us and said, well, how dare you write this, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to improve your efficiency rate, if you're trying to rent out a property or you're trying to improve the sort of efficiency and the, the cheapest way to heat your home, then electric heating might not be the way to go. But you can get in touch with us and we can advise. And if, you know, if the environmental impact is your most important thing, so basically anything that combusts a hydrocarbon fuel, so going from your your dirtiest probably is, is the oil, which you, you don't Coal. Be, well, I don't know how many people have got coal-fired boilers. Maybe they're doing the countryside. No, but, but you're producing electricity from coal. No, no, I'm talking about... In your house? In your house, yeah. Okay. So, so, so oil being the dirtiest... And then you've got um, gas and LPG biomass potentially, but obviously what we talked about the um, 
the, the carbon neutrality of it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the ele ele electric heating sources being low carbon. However, if you are getting that electricity from a... But you don't get to make that choice. I mean, you've no, got you don't. electricity it's just where you... and you know, you're all drinking out the same pot, aren't you? No, no, I agree. I agree. And the, but, you know, hands are tied there. Yeah. You but can pay for your green energy tariff. to um, make that point because people always think, oh, you know, because it's electric, there's no emissions, immediate emissions, it's zero emissions. But you've got to see where the... It's definitely less emissions, though. So that's good. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, well, hopefully that's answered a few queries. And what we'll do in the next episode is talk about some of the other questions we've actually been asked specifically. Have you got any news for us? Well, no, there's been a lot of criticism on Hinkley Point C, um, just not namely because it's been over budget. Um, I don't know how, how many times it's been over budget, but it's it was it was to do with uh, a report, and, and Harry, you might have to sort of find this and, and list it in the comments, um, about the cost of offshore wind coming down significantly. So, I don't know, even go back two, two years ago, Mm -hmm. It was well over sort of the hundred pounds a, you know, megawatt hour, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. But now it's kind of low twenties type thing. Whereas obviously Hinkley, you're talking seventy five, eighty pounds. Yeah. So policymakers are saying, well, what's the point of us throwing what, what whatever it is, twenty five, thirty billion at Hinkley? You know, when we've got offshore. I offshore wind. I mean, the the argument However, the is intermittency. Yeah. It's all about intermittency. Uh, we need something stable. But. You know, you've asked me to talk about news. No, that, that's, I want good that's, news. That's that's what, I want. Good, uh, I want under budget. That's what the um, well, you, you might be happy with this news. You all. might be happy with this news. I think, I think they are seriously looking at. Well, I mean, not I think, but they are seriously looking at the business case for HS two. That makes me happy. So, I don't. So where where they are with it, I, I don't necessarily think that they will scrap it outright. But it might be still happen. But you know. So I, I bet you now they'll cancel it. It's too late. No, they'll well, cancel it. Long-time listeners will, uh, will know that James is a real, real fan of chatting about HSD. No, they'll they cancel it. I bet you they'll cancel it. <laughs> I am I convinced of it. I think it'll be a, they'll find a kind of cheaper compromise. I mean, or they could just use the existing train line. Yes, that's, I mean, that's that, what I mean. That's what they compromise that use the line that already exists. It takes Upgrade the existing line. 14 yeah. minutes slower or whatever. Bloody ridiculous. Not the, so not the main West Coast main line, but the... Anyway, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're going off topic. We are, but but it's... Um, Hang on the wrong track. It's, uh, it's, it's, Thank you very much. It's Here still the lowest, it's the, low, it's the lowest carbon yeah. way to travel, train travel. So, you know, it is... What about a bike? Yes, but you've got to use a lot of cornflakes for that to, to power that, you know, mm -hmm. fuel True. source. True. Just so, throwing it out there. Um, anyway. Cool. So, uh, any other <laughs> any other news? <laughs> or are we all, all done for another week? I don't know. Yeah, there hasn't been really much stuff on... Um, there's there's one thing dominating no, the headlines, yeah, and we no, don't want to talk about that. But um, I think because of that point that's been dominating, there's not been a lot of, uh, you know, stuff, stuff out there in the other departments, mm. namely... In our department, but uh, you know we await any any good news, hopefully. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for listening, uh, and and watching. Yeah, Thanks and then if, obviously, yeah, if you've got questions and, and comments, please put them down below in the YouTube or send us an email, uh, and then you know we'll endeavour to answer them and come back to you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.